It was another loss over the weekend for the IU basketball team, but one that felt like it came with at least some positives. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? It is Monday, December 12th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rood. want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. I want to thank today's sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs, because they help you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Uh, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. IU basketball, biggest game of the season so far against Arizona over the weekend. It was another loss. It was a frustrating loss, but one that I felt there were at least some positives to come out of this one versus the Rutgers game where it was just kind of demoralizing and frustrating. Uh, This one was frustrating for different reasons, but still I think showed some... Signs of what IU could be. Uh, if you guys missed it, Arizona wins 89-75, to 75, a game that it wasn't decided early on, but the Hoosiers fell behind big early in this game. 27-8 to eight was the largest lead nearly uh, midway through the first half. IU was all out of sorts early on. Uh, Xavier Johnson gets in foul trouble, um, and IU... Mike Woodson doesn't play, didn't typically play guys if they had two fouls with Jalen Hood Shafino out. Uh, he went to that strategy, turnovers, inability to get stops, led things to snowball. The positives are the final margin isn't 19 points, so it means Indiana played better from that point on, and they made a lot of runs. I think that final score is a bit deceiving to how close the game ended up actually being. But ultimately, it's a loss, and close losses don't count as anything other than losses. I will say, one of my biggest takeaways from this game was that this felt like a a Sweet 16 and Elite 8 type of game. Maybe it was the neutral court with kind of a lot of fans from both sides, uh, or the fact that it was a, a, a contest between two teams that were clearly very talented, which it's just nice to be back in that type of environment again. To have IU playing in those types of games again, even if it came in a loss, it was fun to see IU playing kind of the elite teams in this kind of environment and battle them and really test them, which I think they did on Saturday. But the the kind of larger point is that the margin of error versus great teams, which is what Arizona is, is razor thin. And to that i mean you can't spot a team like arizona 18 points and expect to win it might happen once in a blue moon uh but you can't spot that many points to a really good team and then expect to win that game it 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 really the game wasn't won by arizona in the first 10 minutes but i think it was lost by iu in the first 10 minutes if that makes sense the the hoosiers really just let things snowball a little bit too much in that, in that first half, there were a handful of things. 
I mean, I'm going to continue to harp on this, but Xavier Johnson cannot get into foul trouble in that situation. He did it against Rutgers. He did it against Arizona. I don't want to single him out necessarily because he ultimately did end up having a double-double and I think played a lot better kind of after that stretch. But knowing Jalen hood is not there, which is a big thing, and we're not going to talk about it a ton today because it's – I mean, it it is what it is. He hasn't been available. It sounded like he was closer to playing. That's a really big thing, not having Jalen hood Shafino there. But Xavier has to know that and has to not get in foul trouble, especially against a team like Arizona that's going to push tempo and things can really start snowballing like they did. If you have some turnovers, they're going to get out and run and they're going to score and you're going to find yourself down almost 20 points nine minutes into the game. So that was one of my biggest things is that Xavier can't get into foul trouble in these situations, which he's seemingly done a number of times now. I mean, the flip side to that is that this team showed fight again. They, not that I ever really doubted that, but I mean, we saw it in the the Big Ten tourney last year against uh, Michigan that... I mean, there was a lot more desperation of that because they had to win that game where their season was done. There wasn't that desperation on Saturday, but they fought back and they got this game down to six points, five points a number of times. They couldn't get over that hump, but I think something that was admirable is the amount of times they kept making that push. There's a lot of times you see the team have one really big push, they get it to a certain point, and then they've used up everything and... Uh, the other team will counter and it's done. Indiana made that push. Arizona pushed back and Indiana countered again. And it was kind of in this back and forth area between five and 10 to 12 points. I mean, the final score ended up being 12. So five to 12 points where this game was kind of bouncing back and forth for Indiana to make the push and keep it in that area where it felt like you had a chance. If you made a run, that's a big positive, and this team has fight, if nothing else. The X's and O's, some of the other things, they might still be working out. This team's going to fight. I also think it's fair at times to just simply tip your hat that the other team's a really good team. Arizona is a fantastic team. That is a matchup nightmare for anybody. I thought Indiana would match up decently with them. Um, they're bigs outplayed I use bigs and there <laughs> trace at times looked like the the trace that would go up against Kofi Kingston uh or Kofi Coburn excuse me on uh Illinois in years past and I mean he finished with 11 points on four of 10 shooting five rebounds and fouled out a lot of that was teams or Arizona doubling him which I'll mention in a second but I didn't think he was all that assertive. There was a long stretch where he didn't get a shot, which falls on, you know, Xavier, Mike Woodson, all the team, like everybody on the roster, Trace to a certain degree. He can't go that long without a shot, but I didn't think the assertiveness was there because they were going up against two really talented big men. Uh, They outscored the Hoosiers. They dominated the Hoosiers in the paint, 42 to 22. To that point, though, IU gets outscored by 20 points in the paint, and this is still a game because they shot the three ball well. They shot 40% from three. 
Um, Race Thompson came alive. His best game of the season, I think, by far. Four of seven from three. Miller Cop was four of eight from three. Xavier made a three. Tamar made a three. A couple of those were really timely, really big runs. Uh, it felt like they were really, I mean, they were really big shots to kind of cap off a big run and force a timeout, which are important plays. And I think in that regard, you can see IU learning how to play around how defenses are, are defending Trace. Trace is getting doubled and at times triple teamed by Xavier on Saturday against Rutgers. They had, they had no answers. Miller cop was the only guy that seemed to know what he was doing on Saturday. They had more answers. Four guys were in double figures outside of trace. Miller had 14. Xavier had 11. Tamar had 13. Tamar's really coming around. Um, I, I, that was really impressive from him on Saturday, but these guys are, are finding their ways to score. Some of it is as simple as knocking down three pointers, but they're figuring out some ways to, to score when teams are doing that against trace, which I think is a mark of a good team is figuring out how to, to deal with what defenses are doing and, and take advantage of that. I want to talk a little bit more about that here in just a moment. First, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small businesses. You want to be a hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's a very simple process. I tell you guys about it all the time. Go to LinkedIn jobs, dot com slash locked on college create your job listing post it to your page so that all of your connections can see it there there's tools they have that are screening questions so that honestly you guys aren't wasting your time on the site it's why small businesses uh, rate linkedin jobs number one in delivering quality hires so find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Back to that point about how team, how this team's handling kind of defenses, throwing everything at trace. Ideally you'd want them to be able to adjust a little bit more in game. I'm not going to, again, a lot of this comes down to making shots. I mean, the shots were there against Rutgers. They just didn't make them. And on Saturday, it might simply have just been, they were making open threes. Race was making threes. Miller was making threes. I think there's a little bit more to it than that. I think there are guys that are figuring out where they can be open at when they're doubling, where they can cut, where they can be available for trace. And that's going to be part of a process the hope is that you're able to to really take advantage of this and change how defenses approach Trace so that he can have more success because IU's still going to be at its best when he's at his best. Uh, but it also means that come tournament time, if a team starts throwing doubles at Trace, these guys have a catalog of, oh, that happened against Arizona and we did this and it worked. So I think that's the biggest optimistic kind of outlook you can have on this. I think, and to that point, 
Indiana still has room to grow. And, and Zach Osterman of the Indy Star made an interesting point in his piece from the game and kind of comparing Arizona versus Indiana. I don't know that Arizona has a lot more they can do to be a better team. They shot 40% from three, which is about as good as they're going to shoot. Uh, they, their two big men were fantastic. And none of this is to, to discredit any of that. That was a team that if Arizona plays like it did on Saturday, that's a final four. That's a national title contender with it. But that's also just kind of the peak and you don't want to peak in December with Indiana. You can see that there's room for growth. Trey can play better. Tamar can play better. Jalen can play, uh, Trace can figure out how to handle those double teams better and still find a way to score and be an impactful player. There's room to grow there. And in some ways that makes them a more enticing team because if they can figure that out and then they can start peaking in January into February and on in March, they're playing their best basketball. That's oftentimes what separates a team from being a good team and being a title contender. I mean, look at the IU soccer team that we're going to talk about. That was a good team for most of the regular season. They figured things out. They went on a run in the Big Ten tournament. They went on a bigger run in the NCAA tournament, and they're playing for a national title tonight. The idea would be that this Indiana team can figure the things out now. This is why you play Arizona. This is why you play Kansas uh, at the end of this week. You take these lumps, you learn how you match up against the elites, you figure things out, and you improve. And unfortunately, it's it came in a loss on Saturday. The hope is that you can improve on what you did wrong on Saturday, what you've done wrong in a couple of these losses, and head into to <laughs> head into Allen Fieldhouse on Saturday, which is going to be no small feat, and show improvement in that. And even if you show improvement against Kansas on the road, it, it might not result in a win. But as long as this team continues to show improvement, it, it's much easier not to get frustrated. I was a lot more frustrated after that Rutgers game because that was regression. That looked like last year's team. This looked like something much better than that. And again, a lot of this is setting aside those first 10 minutes where that was woeful. And this was an Arizona team designed to take advantage of that, to be able to get out on the run and to really, I mean, that's a team that's going to go on a lot of big runs this season with their ability to defend the rim and get out and score on the, on the fast break on the other end, knock down some threes. That's a team that's going to have a lot of, you know, like quick nine Oh, 10 Oh runs or, longer like 15-0 runs in, in the pack 12 pack 10 whatever it is but if you set aside that, those first 10 minutes which were uncharacteristic in a number of ways the last 30 minutes which is a much larger sample size i was i was more optimistic about how they played um because i thought that was going to get really ugly after those first 10 minutes and I was happy to see IU fight back, like I said, and continue to fight back. There's a couple guys worth highlighting. We've talked a little bit about them, and we're running out of time here in segment two. Again, Race Thompson going four of seven from three. It's not something you're going to be able to count on on a nightly basis, but hopefully he's able to, instead of being 
a four seven three point shooter rate. Maybe he's able to knock down two threes a game. Him finding his stroke there was was important and a pleasant sight. Sixteen points, nine rebounds. Miller Cop going four of eight. That's something you can get every night, and he he's continuing to be that guy. Like hats off to him. I I've said that so many times. I, I you guys are fully aware. I've I've eaten my crow on that one. Um. Tamar Bates again, thirteen points, three uh, excuse me, two rebounds and an assist, six of ten from the field. He's taken a big step forward in recent games, and that's what Indiana needed. You, you guys heard me last week, kind of ranting about how IU didn't have depth because they weren't showing up. That Tamar Bates is starting to show up, and Trey Galloway, if he can, I mean, he didn't he didn't have his best game on uh Saturday but if he moves into kind of that energy bench role you add Jalen Hood Shafino into this this team is suddenly easily seven guys deep Malik Renault excuse me Malik Renew again is going through the, kind of the freshman wall right now in some regards and I mean you couldn't pick a harder matchup for him I'm not going to hold that against him too much on the or in this one uh him going Two of five for four points, four rebounds, two fouls. Only played 14 minutes. Same with Jordan Geronimo. Those two, um, Geronimo is a little bit outsized by those big men. Uh, Malik, obviously, we've seen what he can do. Uh, he still can be a contributor, but there are reasons to to think this team can continue going. Again, a lot of this is going to be as simple as just getting Jalen Hood Shafino back. He's worth damn near close to 14 points a game, <clears throat> not necessarily offensively, but what he can do on the offensive end and what he's going to help stop teams do on the de- stop teams from doing on the defensive end. It's not as simple as saying if Jalen played, we win, but if Jalen played, I don't think it's a 20 point game after nine minutes. So buy him all the heating pads or the icy hot, whatever it takes to uh, get his back right because the Hoosiers it's, it's become very clear in the first or in these last three games. I, you really needs him. Hopefully he's available against Kansas and uh, able to make an impact in that one because I, you at times has looked really lost without him. We'll continue to talk about the basketball team this week, preview that Kansas game, all of that great stuff. But I, you playing for a national championship tonight in men's soccer Let's talk about the Final Four, the College Cup game on Friday. Preview tonight's game as well. Before we dive into that, let's talk about Simply Safe. At Locked On Hoosiers, we believe every home should be where you feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system. Simply Safe uh, right now is offering. Locked on Hoosiers listeners, 40% off a new security system. But don't put this off. One of the biggest reasons why I love it. 24-7 professional monitoring services cost under a dollar a day. That's less than half of the price of traditional home security systems. For a dollar a day, your home is protected by Simply Safe. Don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college 
There is no safe like Simply Safe. IU advanced to the national title game in men's soccer on Friday night behind two first half goals against Pittsburgh. First of those, Ryan Wittenbrink uh, had a penalty, first shot saved, rebound he puts into the back of the net. The second goal was as unexpected a goal as you're going to find. The closing seconds of the first half, clock was at about 25 seconds. Tommy Mahalik latches onto a ball that's taking him away from goal. He did whatever the equivalent of a fadeaway jumper is in basketball on the soccer pitch and squeezed this one in near post from a absurd angle uh, past the keeper. I, I still don't know how he did it, but the end result was Indiana went into the half up to nothing. And this is an Indiana team that can control the game and can see things out with its ability to possess the ball, with its ability to defend. And so give them a 2-0 lead. That second half was a lot about controlling the game, limiting chances, and there was a couple opportunities they had. They weren't going for it. There was no need for them to go for it. It was about seeing the game out and advancing to tonight's uh, national title game, which they did. Statistically, uh, they had four shots in the first half to just three in the second half. Pittsburgh, uh, one shot in the first half, six in the second. That kind of tells you the story of how the, the mindset shifted for the both, both teams in that half. Harms is absolutely incredible in goal. I, I have not given him enough credit throughout this run, uh, at least on the podcast. JT Harms has been absolutely fantastic i don't know what it is about keepers at, at indiana they are goalkeeper you uh forget being running back you linebacker you goalkeeper you is indiana university uh jt harms made some huge saves in this one to make sure that this was uh this stayed level and ultimately it ended up being a, a fairly comfortable victory as much as a, a college cup game can be comfortable a 2-0 win that I don't think Pittsburgh, there wasn't any chance they had that I really was honestly worried. It's easy to say that in hindsight too, but uh, there was never a moment where the heart rate rose a little bit or anything like that. IU really did well to see this one out. They also have done well taking advantage of small opportunities. Mahalich's goal is one of them. That was a, (laughs) there was no reason that goal should have went in and yet Somehow, and probably it does, uh, but you've seen it throughout the tournament, getting the penalty as well, which they drew the penalty more than anything. Um, you saw it in the UNC Greensboro game with the incredible shot from Gumbale, just these small little moments, Indiana's taking advantage of them, putting it into the back of the net. Now, to be fair, they probably should have done it more against Marshall, but that's the difference. We talked about there being razor thin margins and against great teams like Arizona, there are razor thin margins in a knockout tournament of any kind. IU is seizing those opportunities and, and putting themselves in position where ultimately they haven't had to face a lot of pressure in this tournament. They haven't allowed a goal in the NCAA tournament. So you do that. You're, you're, you're going to do well. They will tonight face 
Syracuse, three-seeded Syracuse, who beat Creighton 3-2 to two in the first game, the first College Cup game, on an 86th-minute goal. That was a back-and-forth wild affair uh, that Syracuse uh, squeaks out a win. But that being said, this has been a, a very good Syracuse team, 18-2-4 on the season. A handful, actually just two common opponents, but over three games. They played number 21 Penn State in late August. They won one nothing. IU beat them, I believe, 4-2 to two in the regular season and then beat them, I believe, one nothing in the Big Ten tournament. But they have two wins over them two different kind of wins. One was high scoring. One was um, a a much more low scoring affair. And then Clemson that IU played in its season opener on the road and lost three to two. That was months and months ago. That feels like ages ago in in mid August. Syracuse played them in mid September and won two one. That was number one ranked Clemson. Uh, And then played them again in the ACC championship game and won two nothing. So they have between those three games, that gives you a little bit of a sense, but this is not anything like the Indiana team that was playing in August, September, even October and most of November. If we're being very honest, uh, this is not that Indiana team. Syracuse, a very balanced team. They've gotten to the national title game playing kind of both styles. They won 2-1 in overtime against Penn in their first game. Uh, They were a seeded team, like I said, the three seed. They scored in the 83rd minute against Cornell to win that game. It was a game that they did dominate offensively, though, almost doubled them up in shots. They won 2-1 against Vermont with a uh, goal just before halftime. All the scoring in that was in the first half. Vermont scored their only shot on goal, so... Take that what you will. And then they score in the 86th minute against Creighton to win that game. So it's been a team that has saved it for late. Uh, the Between winning in overtime against Penn, winning late against Cornell, winning late against Creighton, which means there is no shot this is going to be a comfortable game tonight. Like I said, a balanced uh, Syracuse team. They are um, a, a good attack, a good midfield. It's been a good defense. Uh, like the, they held Clemson scoreless uh, in uh, the ACC title game. A number one ranked Clemson team that they didn't allow a lot of goals during the regular season. Now things have gotten a little wilder in the postseason. They gave up two to Virginia. They gave up two a couple nights ago. But still, statistically, they have four people with five goals, and they've had a dozen different goal scorers, if not more this season. I'm not going to try to count live on air, but uh, they've had four different people score at least five goals, two people over 10 with 10 and 11. They have five different people with at least four assists, nobody with more than seven. So it's a team that bounces things out, does things a uh, as a group. It's been different people stepping up at different times throughout this tournament. So, There isn't any necessarily one person to really watch for. Um, Levante Johnson has had a couple of the big goals for him. He had the goal in overtime against Penn. 
He had the goal against Creighton. Um, so maybe, I mean, just in terms of kind of these clutch goals, he's had them. He had the winner against Vermont as well, even though that came in the first half. So he's been kind of their clutch guy. Uh, so he might be the one worth targeting, but I don't think there's, it's not with IU, you know, Winton Brink's going to be at the center of everything. Not necessarily the same, uh, even though there are a couple guys who stick out uh, on this Syracuse team as as threats, like I said, and as guys who are going to be worth monitoring. I mean, having said that, Nathan Apoku has uh, 10 goals and 7 assists, and Johnson has 11 goals and 6 assists. So I should say it's going to be those two, but there's a variety of ways they can hurt you. Ultimately, though, this is an Indiana team. They have an elite defense. They have an elite keeper. That's going to keep you in a lot of games, especially in this situation, in this game against a Syracuse team. Um, I mean, like IU played three days ago. To have a... I think IU has a team that is perfect for both a tournament atmosphere and a second game in four days environment basically i'm pretty optimistic about this game i meant to mention this at the top if you're still listening you're a real one we're going to have a live episode after today's or tonight's game once the game goes final we're going to go live be sure you follow us on twitter be sure you're subscribed on youtube you can join in on the conversation it should be barring extra time and or penalties around eight o'clock eastern time so be sure you guys are following along so you can join in on the conversation for that. Thanks again, guys, though, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We will be back tomorrow on that live show recapping this game and everything that happens in this national title game. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review, all of that great stuff. Make sure you guys are uh, subscribed on Twitter so you can join us when we go live tonight. Most importantly, though, guys, have a great Monday. Let's go Hoosiers. Let's win a national title. And as always, Elio.